Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello, beautiful Anonymous. Day two. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you. And you'll get to know me. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here, and welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. I feel very lucky to do this show, to try to be a drop of empathy in a world that often feels like a fast-paced whitewater rapids of whatever the opposite of empathy is. A lot of people greatly enjoyed last week's episode with our friend the old school hippie. If you didn't catch that one, you're going to want to go back. Uh, I want to point out this comment by Trista. This one blew my mind. Uh, Trista said, I loved this one. She reminds me of my mom who died two years ago at 74. Condolences, Trista. She was an RN and worked at the first abortion clinic in Madison, Wisconsin in the 70s, along with her best friend who was her roommate at nursing school. I was lucky to spend a lot of time with them both and loved listening to them talk about their time there, what it was like. This call was awesome. I want to let you know that I'm always going out on the road. Quick plug, I'll be in Jersey July 27th. I'll be at the Dojo in Morris Plains. Would love to sell that show out in my home state. And then in August, Oklahoma City, Dallas, San Antonio. I'm coming. Tickets for all those shows are available at chrisgeth.com. Now, this week's episode, this is a live episode from beautiful Cononymous. A few months back, we had our first ever fan convention in Brooklyn. It was fun and reinvigorating and great. Uh, This caller talks about leaving her husband behind and going away and finding herself. And it's, it's very... There's a couple very fun things about this I want to point out. One is, in real life... You, you hear about things that are more layered than in stories or in movies. And there's a very fun running trend of me going, did you, did you leave? Was this a vacation? Was this a break? What was this? But that's very real, right? To take a leap and you don't know how it's going to end. So how do you even define it along the way? And then we have someone join us from the studio audience in the type of moment that can only happen at a live show. And I would argue specifically at a live show where the whole community is coming together It's very fun. It's very wild. I enjoyed it greatly. I thank everyone who was involved, and I hope you enjoy listening. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello, caller. Hello. How's it going? It's going great. This is exciting. Beautiful Anonymous. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Hello. Yeah, I was kind of wondering. I was like, is he doing a comedy show in Brooklyn at like two o'clock in the afternoon? 
like what kind of people are going to be at a comedy show at two o'clock in the afternoon but it's beautiful columnist so that explains it all yeah turns out it's a whole bunch of people who seem like they're all sort of introverts that are like we'll collectively feel okay hanging out together like that seems to be it a bunch of introverts who are like we'll come out in the daytime awesome yeah yeah good times good times yeah how are things by you how are you holding up um, actually I'm holding up pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm doing pretty well last, not this last January, January, 2022. Um, I ran away and I went to Mexico. So I dropped my whole life, my job, my partner, my house, my everything. I packed all of my belongings and put them in storage, and I moved to a small town in Mexico with me and my two little dogs. Your two little dogs? And are you still in Mexico? I am not. Uh, I was there for four or five months, and it was such an interesting, I mean, just like amazing. So, I mean, I've been out of the country to like Canada. So I haven't been anywhere in Europe or, you know, I'm not very well traveled in that way. And so going to Mexico, um, first of all, I was by myself, so I left my partner here. Um, and I, I didn't speak Spanish. Um, I still kind of don't. Uh, so, and I, I went to a small town. I wasn't in, you know, Mexico City in a cosmopolitan kind of town. I was in a town, uh, you know, where the grocery store is like the size of a normal produce market. Right. Only that's the whole store. Uh huh. So, um, yeah, it was super interesting. Um, so leading up to that, I had been, you know, fairly unhappy. This was, you know, right on the tail ends of COVID still. And I had been through a lot in those, you know, in the COVID times, as many people had, uh, not necessarily all related to COVID for me, but, um, I left a job and a career that I had had for a really long time. Um, I, uh, let's see, my bomb passed away. Um, and then I was also having some serious doubts about my partner. We've been together almost 20 years now. Um, but for the previous several years before I left, I was constantly thinking about leaving. I just didn't think that this was the life that I wanted, you know, things like that. And so I, um, you know, when my mom passed away, I had some, you know, got some money from that. And, uh, I said one day, I said, I think we should sell our house and move to Mexico. And um, he said he'd think about it. Uh, and he did, I would say, probably for five minutes. Um, he, he wasn't going to go. I knew he wasn't going to go. Um, and then I just decided I had to go. For me, I had to go. So um, I said, all right, well, I'm going to go by myself then. You know, I had, uh, I had actually secured a house already rented a house online, um, through Facebook, believe it or not, where I was at, they do everything through Facebook. It's like, that's like the daily news. There is Facebook. And, um, yeah, so I secured a house. It was a beautiful, beautiful house. It was kind of like, you know how you see those houses in Mexico that are bright colors and they have the great outdoor space and, you know, everything is just so, um, colorful really. So I had a, a space like that. It was a two-bedroom house. Um, it was less than a thousand American dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So two-bedroom, two-bath house. I had a beautiful... You cannot say that. To... There's a room <laughs> full of Brooklyn people that just got so upset. You had a yeah, whole house I'm for sure. less than a thousand bucks. Less than a thousand in Brooklyn. Yeah. Do you even get like you don't get a room for a thousand bucks anymore, right? 
Yeah. yeah you've got like four does. roommates for a thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it was pretty insane. I mean, that was one of the things that was kind of shell shocking when I got back to the U.S. was the cost of everything. You know, because everything there is so much cheaper, um, all of the services and different things like that. Like the first time I got a manicure and pedicure, it was eight American dollars. I you can't know? say that I mean, I'm up on the current rates of manicures and pedicures. I can tell you that I just heard a young lady in the crowd yell, shut up with actual <laughs> yes, anger. Exactly. Yeah, because you can. I mean, in these states, you pay like a hundred bucks for that. Wow. You know, now, I have to ask. So. You're planning it all on Facebook. It sounds like it was pretty impulsive. I'm, I'm wondering, based on this timeline, how much of it, how much time did you take to plan before you actually got on a plane and went to Mexico? I'm, I'm just wondering, when, when you hit that point where you're like, I'm doing it myself then, is it like you're gone the uh-huh. next day or is it, is it two months? Six weeks. Six weeks of planning. Six weeks. And what's mm-hmm. your partner saying? I rented the house. Um, you know, that was pretty interesting because we agreed that when I left, that we would not be together anymore. So we were free to do whatever. Um, but we agreed that during that time while I was still here, that we were going to make the most of the time that we had left. And so that was really surprising. And I think it was the best thing ever, um, for our relationship because he started exhibiting some of the things that I had been that had been lacking for me in our relationship. You know, the communication, um, he was much more open about communication. And I'm not sure if that's because, you know, originally he thought, oh, well, she's never coming back. So I can say, you know, exactly what I feel when I feel it. But um, I mean, it was, it was amazing. You know, he actually um, took the week and he moved me down there. So he flew on the plane with me and my dogs and, you know, was able to see and move me into the house that I was in. (laughs) Hold on. Let's pause right there. Okay. You've got a partner of 20 years. You say, we should go to Mexico. He says, I'm not into it. You go, I'm going anyway in six weeks. Uh And he goes, I'll help you do the moving? Because I feel feel like I'm probably not the only person in the room where I feel like that. (laughs) It doesn't sound like a thing that goes amicably. And then it sounds, but it sounds like it did. Yeah, it totally did. Let's pause there. Went amicably. It's always good. It's better than the other way. Hey, I've broken up the momentum, because guess what? We do have ads on this show. Let's get to those, and then we'll get back to the phone call. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello out there. I'm Aaron Habel of Generation Y, and with me is Jack Luna of Dark Topic. We'd like to introduce you to Marooned, a new podcast that's sure to capture your attention. Tales of the catastrophically lost are what we have to offer. Hikers swallowed by the woods, explorers discovering nothing but destitution, true crime calamity, oddities of harrowing human experience. It's a museum of misadventure. 
Subscribe to Marooned wherever you find podcasts. We are waiting. Please hurry. Thank you. Thanks again to our advertisers. Now let's get back into the call. It doesn't sound like a thing that goes amicably. And then it sounds, right. but it sounds know, like right? it did. Yeah, it totally did. So he didn't say that right away, of course. And in my planning to go to Mexico, there was a couple of different ways that I was looking at it. So I have two small dogs and you can only have one dog per uh, passenger on the plane. So I was considering driving. Um, I had paid off my car and uh, I was going to, me and my dogs were going to drive down through Mexico to get to my new house. Uh, we were going to do it without him. I was fully prepared to do it without him. And so I was planning and eventually it was going to take like 12 days because I don't want to drive all day long. you got to stop a lot with dogs, blah, blah, blah. So it was going to take a really long time. And, um, and then he just told me, he said, well, why don't we fly and I'll go with you? And I was just, I was completely shocked. I mean, I was floored and I thought, you know, I just said, well, that's, that's very generous. I would love it if you could do that. Um, and so he did, we got some, some amazing cheap airline tickets for a Mexican airline. That was a direct flight from where I live. How much are we um, talking? And they allowed, we got $8 pedicures. Uh, How much are those plane tickets? You know what? For my partner and myself, one way plus the two dogs and eight pieces of large luggage. It was l- just under a thousand dollars. Yeah. You really are finding these bargains out here. I know. Right. I know. It was amazing. And I mean, it wasn't like it was, you know, it wasn't Spirit Airlines or anything like that. It had a comfortable plane and, you know, it seemed like it was working fine. It got me there at least. (laughs) Looks like Spirit Airlines will never sponsor Beautiful Anonymous. Sorry about that. Sorry. (laughs) Is Spirit Airlines the one where they don't give you a boarding group beforehand and it's like an actual free for all to get on the plane? I've only experienced that once. I was like, this is not okay. Yep, I'm with you. I flew to Vegas there one time, and I'm never going to do it again. It really was nuts. They're just like, here's a ticket. It has your name and almost no other info on it. Crack your knuckles and be ready to go. It was like really <laughs> wild. I fly too much for that. Yeah. I fly too much for that. Wow. Yeah. I, and can I, so you were together with your partner 20 years. Can I ask how old you were when you made your way down to Mexico? Uh, I was 49. 49. Now, I'm going to use mm-hmm. a phrase that I think applies, and I'm saying and okay. it, it sounds like it was positive for you. Um, most, yeah, midlife mo- crisis. Well, no, I was going to say burned your life down. Like, it sounds like you burned your life down in a really productive uh, and healthy yeah. way. I think that sounds perfect. That's a great, great explanation. 49 is no not an age this. you expect to hear. It feels like this yeah. is a younger person's adventure or an a older person's you know, like post-work retirement type, now let's go hard at the world. You really did it right in the middle. Right. Well, you know, I mean, you never know if you're going to make it to retirement, right? You don't know. I don't know. So, you know, that it was, it was, um, I felt deep down, it was really something that I needed to do. I needed to do it for myself. You know, I had a, a child when I was 21, Um, and I have, you know, between my child and my partner, I have lived with somebody for almost 30 years, Yeah. you know, and it's like, I need to feel self-sufficient again. 
you know, where I take out my own garbage every day because I have to. I have to wash my own dishes every day. You know, I'm I'm responsible for everything. Can I still take care of myself? I don't know. I've been spoiled and taken very well care of. I mean, I work and stuff like that, you know, but um, I have a very, very nice life here. It's, you know, it's, it's not, I'm not, we're not rich or anything, but I have a nice, comfortable life. You know, I don't have to uh, do a lot. And so, I mean, I wasn't seeing it that way then, of course. Um, but, you know, being away from things will, will really give you a good, good perspective on, uh, on what you don't have anymore. Now, caller, let me ask, just so I can get all the logistics down. Uh, I think this is a mm-hmm. key thing for me to know. Hearing that you had a child who was 28 when you left, is your... Mm-hmm. So you're, and you were with your partner for 20 years. So your partner was not the father of your child. Correct. So you've got an adult kid who can fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. You've got a partner mm-hmm. who you're feeling some misgivings about, but you're not co-parenting the child and the child is independent anyway. Well, in a, in a way we were co-parenting. I mean, in, in lots of ways, now that my son is an adult, you know, him and my partner are much closer yeah. uh, than he and I are. Um, they, they text each other every day. Um, you know, so they, they're just more familiar with each other They're You know, my partner has always been there for my son. Um, and he has supported him in times when I have not, um, you know, which at times can bring a little friction. Um, but we get through it, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's been a true, true dad, you know, to my son, he's, he's been there for him. He counsels him. He teaches him, he gives him money, you know, um, and, and his dad was never really in the picture, you know, his dad was a, you know, old drunk drug addict. So, and they're able, your partner and your son are able to maintain that with you gone. Does your son, does your son, is he supportive? Is your son supportive of you going to Mexico or is he like, mom, this seems very out of character. Like where, where's, where's he landing? Um, he thought it was a little bit crazy and impulsive, like you said, and, and in many ways it was. Um, he was he was really concerned that I was leaving my partner behind, uh, you know, and he's like, are you breaking up? And I was like, well, yes and, and no. I mean, yes, I guess. But, you know, being broken up, we talked to each other every single day, every single day that I was gone. So, um, I mean, we, we were broken up because we weren't together together and we were both free to see other people if we decided to. Um, but I didn't see anybody else while I was there. You didn't. And um, no, I did I was going to ask if you had any love affairs. You know, I kind of thought I might going down to Mexico, those, you know, Latino men. Um, but no, I, I did not. Um, I met several, uh, a couple of, well, not several. I met a couple of people um, who I was close to. Um, so when you're in Mexico... It's, it's expensive and really time-consuming to try and buy a car and get a driver's license if you're not already a Mexican citizen. So it's a whole big ton of work, and things are so uh, affordable there that in many cases, it's, it's cost-prohibitive to have a car because you can hire a quote-unquote driver. So taxi driver, Uber driver, but they aren't related to taxis or Ubers. These are independent people who will, who will drive you places for very cheap amounts of money. So my driver was recommended to me um, by my neighbor down the street. His name uh, was Arturo. And he was great. 
every week he would take me grocery shopping. You know, we would do errands and things like that. And, uh, you know, I mean, we became friends, you know, he was just, he was amazing. Um, but he, he did all kinds of stuff down there, but yeah. So cost prohibitive to have a car. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. That's okay. Uh, now I, I, I want to ask too, you may have mentioned this, but I have forgotten. It's a key piece of information. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you how long you ultimately stayed in Mexico for. And there's a part of me that's like, if you come back and go a month, I'll just go, well, that was a vacation. <laughs> like, yeah. Right now it sounds like no. a vacation. But how long were you gone for? Yeah. I was gone for uh, almost five months. Five months. And now when you got five back months. to the States, what happened with your partner? Did you get back together or no? Uh, well, he, <laughs> he came down to Mexico to bring me and the dogs back home. Caller, so, I think you uh, just went on a long vacation. <laughs> it it sounds like, like you might have just gone on a long vacation. And, you know, maybe that's what it was, but it gave me the mental space that I needed to, to put myself right again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. In lots get, of different ways. Did you get back together with your partner? I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're still together. Um, I, I am, uh, and he as well, we're happier than we've ever been, closer than we've ever been. You know, I learned a lot, and one of the first things that I learned was that this man loves me more than anybody else, period, and that, um, that I also loved him more than anybody else. When I had doubts, for several years, um, being away from him, um, not just for the things that he does for me, obviously, I mean, that would be rude, but, um, just his, his presence, his understanding, his, um, you know, his mind and his heart. I mean, he's an amazing, very, very good man, very good man. And, uh, that was something that I realized with, with being gone. I have to say, and I feel like you'd agree with me. I'm not trying to put anybody else on a pedestal. So it sounds like to me, if we're putting all these pieces together, it sounds like mm -hmm. you had a moment where you were like, I'm not satisfied. I'm freaking out a little bit. I need to get out of here. I need to follow this impulse. I got to go. I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. going to just like, it might torch this whole life I have. I don't know. It sounds yeah. like this dude who loved you took a deep breath and went, go figure it out. I'll be here if you need me. And... Maybe if I keep a good head on my shoulders and don't overreact too hard, this might land in a better place. And it sounds like what that happened. Like, it sounds like he played it real fucking cool in the face of everything. He, yeah, he absolutely did. He absolutely did. Um, I mean, he, he surprised me on a regular basis with things like that. Um, you know, <laughs> we've always sweet. had a, a sense of autonomy in our relationship and that we've always kept you know, we've had um, our own things that we do that are separate from each other. Um, but then we also have the things that we do together. And he's always been, he's never been someone to keep me from doing what I feel like I need to do or what I want to do. You know, obviously it was dangerous. That would be something. Um, but yeah, he said, you know, if you, if this is something that you need to do, then you need to do it. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop you from doing what you need what you feel you need to do. And if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, but it's been beautiful no matter what. Now call it. It's funny. Cause I, I am joking. Cause it is, you went like, 
you sort of left, but then you went for an amount of time that's way longer than a vacation, but it's not like you were gone years. Uh-huh. So it's, it's not like you ever right. totally severed ties. It's a very fascinating amount of time. Right. Because then I also sit here and I go, I can make all the jokes I want. If Hallie turned around to me tomorrow and was like, I'm going to Mexico, I'm leaving in six weeks, and I don't know if and when I'm coming back, and she was gone for five months, I'd be shitting my pants. I would not... Yeah. understand what was going on. So any, it's, it's a really, yeah. really fascinating amount of time that went. So I guess here's all the questions that are coming to my mind is a, would okay. you, would you recommend that everybody opts into some sort of crisis if you're feeling the need for one? Or do you think looking back, are there things you could have said or done to maybe have not needed the five-month soul exploration in the first place where maybe communication could have happened in better ways. Um, I'm wondering where you land on that, looking back on this. You know, I land on the, on the first side that you talked about. I think that if the opportunity is there and it's something that, that a human being needs for themselves, for their souls, because that's where I felt like I was at the point of, you know, this is a soulless life and I don't like it. I wasn't thinking suicide or anything, but the city I live in, you know, has turned completely disgusting since I moved here many years ago, um, as many cities have, um, you know, and I was angry with that and the lack of the lack of, you know, the city to do anything about the problems that it had. We were in COVID. I was highly isolated during COVID, highly isolated. I worked from home the entire time. I was very careful, you know, so I didn't see many people. Um, and yeah, it all really played a toll, you know, and the whole time through COVID, my partner was working, was still seeing people and, and doing things. So it was a little bit of a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. I relate to that. I relate to that. Yeah. Caller, now we have some questions coming in from the live crowd here. Some of them are sort of adorably surface level and some of them get real personal. You ready? I'll start with the more surface one. Got it. Loie wants to know, you know, you had mentioned before that you, the idea of taking out your own trash and some of the more mundane things were, became exciting. Loie wants to know, what was the most mundane task that was the most exciting to do? Trash? Dishes? Uh, you know, I would, I would say actually, I don't know if exciting, but very different was doing, doing the dishes. Um, I did not have a dishwasher. Uh, in Mexico. I do have a dishwasher here, but uh, years ago when my partner and I moved in together, we made an agreement where um, he hates laundry, so I do all the laundry, and I hate dishes, so he does the dishes. Okay. So okay. that was um, that was kind of a different thing, you know, hand-washing my dishes, and I kind of had to do it every day because I don't, you know, I don't like to let things pile up, and plus you might get bugs or something, especially in Mexico. So, um, yeah, I had to do my dishes every day. I just laid them out to dry. And um, also one of the things that I did a lot more was cooking for myself, um, where I tend to go out to eat a lot in the the space because it's so easy. And making my dog's dog food. Making your dog's food? You made your dog's food? Yeah. Okay. I did, yeah, because the food that was available, so trying to get the food that I got from the United States was definitely way too expensive. And so then I tried some of the uh, foods that they had for dogs in Mexico, and they, it, they don't have the same standards. And when your food is this weird kind of bright pink color, I just didn't feel good about feeding that to my dog. Yeah. And so I started making their food. So that was something that I had to do every week. So, I was, you know, it took me a little while, but I got into a routine. Okay. So, yeah, cooking Caller- dog food and doing dishes. Tim says, dude, she used Facebook for this. I feel like she's lucky to have all her organs. I like that. Yeah. 
Chelsea says, this is how separation will work and why one-year separation before a divorce should be a legal requirement. Crystal says, oh, hard relate to you, caller, for needing to run away for a bit. I had to have some time in a separate space for a while in a tough time. We started couples therapy after, and it helped so much. And then here's one that I'm fascinated by. Uh, Emily asks... And you don't have to answer this if it's too personal, caller. I think I hear Emily laughing okay. that I'm about to say this to you out loud. <laughs> Emily wants to know, before you left on your, on your freak-out trip, did you have goodbye sex with your partner? Of course. <laughs> of course. And don't forget that he, he came down there with me, too. So there was some of that there as well before he left to get back on the plane. Caller... <laughs> This was a big vacation. <laughs> you went on a big vacation. You, so you had a bunch of hot sex with your partner, left for Mexico. He helped you move. You had a bunch more sex in Mexico. And then you just made dog food for five months, came home, and you're back together without interruption. <laughs> well, it's taken some work, obviously. It's taken some work. and it, I mean, all relationships do, right? So, I mean, he's, all I can say is he is the most amazing man in every, every way, shape and form. You know, I love him. He is my person. And if it took me running away to figure that out, I am happy that it's done. And I figured it out early, you know, before I did something stupid. Now you mentioned, you just said something stupid. One of the things you indicated was you said you did not pursue any, any love affairs, which you had considered doing and you two had discussed. Do you know if he did? Have you discussed it? Uh, we, I did ask and the answer was no. Okay. So I'm going to take that at face value and, um, trust. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Man, this guy played it right. I mean, he's sitting there. He's like, uh, let's see. She told me she wanted out and then she fucked my brains out in America and Mexico. <laughs> I think I might just chill on this one and see how this ends. That's an, that's an indicator that maybe I should just ease into this and let things play out, you know? When she said yeah. she wanted to leave, I was really scared things were over. But then the fact that we had, you know, uh, sex on two different sides of an international border is maybe giving me a green flag that this might be salvageable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever used the phrase <laughs> fucked my brains out on Beautiful Anonymous before, but first time All for right. Everything. First time for everything. Yeah. Caller, do you have any advice for people on... Because I sit here and I go, in some sense, it's very enviable what you're describing, right? It's like, it's like a Kerouac story. On the road, jump in the car and go. Like, leave your life behind. See mm -hmm. what's out there on the road. In another sense, though, you were also someone who was old enough. Your, your child was old enough. And you had the opportunity for mobility where you were able to balance responsibility where for a lot of like, if I just said, I'm going to Mexico for five months, I currently am not in a life spot with that. Right. I have a four year old son. Mm -hmm. I, I have a, I have a mortgage and, and, and all these considerations. So I'm wondering, and it will put you on the spot, but do you have any advice on how to act on these instincts, how to burn your life down while doing it in a safe and responsible way. Because it sounds like you did that. Some of that's life circumstance, but also you've been through uh -huh. it. So what are the ways to just peace out, short notice, get out of your life and just act on this impulse that you want to go do something crazy and out of character without well, totally violating it? it, it, it. Yeah, so it kind of seems 
crazy and out of character I, I am. Um, I mean, I, I'm not afraid of a lot of things. Um, and I had been really unhappy um, for several years. And um, the summer prior to me leaving, I uh, took off not to Mexico this time, just to a different part of the state that I live in. Uh, but it was about five hour drive away. I took off for three or four days and I really, um, I did this program, uh, which I had done previously with facilitators called creating the life you want. And, um, and I did that program with at this point, trying to figure out what do I need to make myself happy? What is it that I'm lacking or what is it that I need to change in my life? Um, you know, to help me feel differently. And, um, and one of those things, unfortunately, well, was leaving this town, leaving the town I live in. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I feel like I sound kind of like a baby, you know, because when I moved here, it was so beautiful and dreamy. And now it's, it's kind of a shithole. Um, you know, and I know that that happens to towns, but I just, I was very sad about it. And I, you know, every time you go outside, um, you see the effects that, that this city has fallen under that, that made me so sad and angry. And um, I'm not, I didn't like feeling angry anymore. So part of it was a, a change of scenery. And I didn't decide at that time that I needed to go to Mexico, but I thought, okay, these change of scenery. So are we looking at, you know, moving to the country? Um, you know, closer to, you know, still being close to a city, but not too close. And where I live, even that is cost prohibitive. I mean, you know, with the way housing and land prices have gone up in the last several years, you know, we've got good equity in our house. And if we sold it, we would turn around and still have to pay payments, you know, large payments just because of the market. So moving to the country wasn't really an option. And so then I started looking for cheaper things. And then when I thought Mexico and started doing research, I mean, it was, it was on my Donkey Kong. Now, caller, Ben asks a question that's actually, uh, I, I haven't asked it yet. I haven't asked why you came back. Ben asks, did you come back because you realized he was the one? Uh, yes, that's a large part of it. Wow. So several months after I got there, I, um, I, I was realizing already that he is my person. Um, but several months into it, I got really, really sick. Um, and I ended up with uh, stage one sepsis. And so it happened very fast. Yes. Oh, in that's Mexico. a bad vacation. Tell me about it. You got so, stage um, one yeah, being by myself. Yeah. So I went to the hospital, you know, and that's where I was diagnosed. And they said, we'd really like you to stay here for three days. We'll give you IV antibiotics. And I was, I mean, I had at this point had a fever of 104 plus for three days. And so I was completely delirious. Right. And I'm like, no, I can't stay here. My dogs are home. You know, and they were like, we really don't recommend you go home, you know, and I was insisting. And so they gave me a ton of antibiotics and, um, and I went home and, you know, three or four days after taking these antibiotics, I finally started to get better and like become lucid, you know? So, I mean, I just laid on the couch and sweated. I drank a ton of water. It was everything I could do just to feed and get my dogs out in the yard to go to the bathroom, you know? So it was really terrible and, um, incredibly scary for somebody there by themselves. And um, so I realized, you know, that I needed to be around people again, my people. Um, you know, the town that I lived in was, was, uh, it was beautiful, 
but it was a retiree town. So everybody there, I mean, I think they said the average age of the uh, expats who lived there was like 72, mm-hmm. you know? So I, you I was uh, not in that age group, right? Yeah. <laughs> so did yeah. your partner come down when you got sick? Uh, no, he did not. Um, because it was short. I mean, it was literally once I started getting better, I, I, you know, expressed that I wanted to come home and, um, we chose, you know, the end of April, um, that I would come home. And so he was planning on coming in May because originally I was going to stay there for a year. So that was, that was my plan. Originally, I'm not coming back for a year, but after getting sick, so it was like a month after I got sick. You know, I mean, there was nothing he could have done, and it would have been insane for him to have to fly for those couple days, you know. I got through it. I want to ask the audience, <laughs> if you're on, the, on Twitter, I want to see if anybody out here has fantasized about what your freakout would be and where you would go in the world. And I want you to put it on there, and especially if you're here with your partner, and especially if you've never discussed it with him <laughs> before. And then let's just all surprise each other. No, I'm not trying to cause any people to... Uh, to, to break up or, or shock each other that. But yeah. I do want to hear if people have, oh, answers coming in already. Kerry immediately just said Costa Rica. Just instantly, Kerry has clearly been thinking mm. about it. Um, <laughs> I want to hear where everybody's, everybody's different freak out destinations would be and how heavily you've thought about it in the past. What's that? People are just yelling things. Argentina. Why Argentina? You did it? You did your version of this? <gasps> Who wow. are, are, you're not, first of all, you're not Parade Girl, are you? You're not here trying to dominate the show yet? So you have a similar story to this caller where you just, one day you were like, I'm out of here, where can I go? And you wound up in Argentina? Yes. How'd it work out? Uh, COVID happened. COVID happened. Is that what brought you back? Sort of, I lasted a year and a half. A year and a half. So we had a year and a half freak out to Argentina. <gasps> um, okay, wow. let's see. We have, uh, oh, someone who says they're currently living their freak out right now, which is fascinating. Chelsea, I'm so glad the beautiful anonymous convention is part of your freakout. Parade Girl has checked in and said, I fully support running away. So just so everyone knows, we have Parade Girl's permission. Let's pause right there. We've heard yet again from our old friend Parade Girl. I think many people going, wait, I thought that saga was over. It's, It's no longer part of the saga. She's now just a part of the fabric of things. Good old Parade Girl. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Thanks again to everybody who sponsors the show. Now let's finish off the phone call. Parade Girl has checked in and said, I fully support running away. So just so everyone knows, we have Parade Girl's permission. Uh, Luke says, I drive her across the country. No plans. Just drive and figure it out. I will say that's been the closest I've had. uh, I think I've driven across the country by myself three times during stretches where I needed to think about stuff. Uh, uh, Someone just said Red Bank, New Jersey, which is a fascinating answer. (laughs) A lovely enough town, but it's not a villa in Mexico or Argentina. (laughs) Kevin Smith has a comic book store there. 
oh, Emily already has an outright plan. I'd go to Italy and open a pottery studio. Like, you've actually thought about what nice. would actually happen. Oh, Ben wants to go to Italy, too. Maybe you two guys can... T- and Fran. We got a whole crew. We got a whole crew. Oh, yeah. Emily, Get Fran, and Ben. Together. They all want to go to... Maybe, maybe you guys can split the price on this. Um, oh, Joe. Oh, this is fast. I might need to talk to you, Joe. Uh, Loey says New Zealand, Australia, and, and uh, UP, which I, either means up or the Upper Peninsula of Mi- Michigan, which would be strange to list alongside... Just up. You just, in Both general, want to go up. Now, oh, Steph says Finland. I love how many people here. That's why I think this one caught us in the beginning. A lot of us have sat here and fantasized about, like, if I just leave my whole life behind, where do I want to go? And people are giving me their mm-hmm. answers. Now, the reason I want to hear more from Joe is that Joe just put something out here, caller, that I wonder what your opinion is going to be. Joe says, this one is so fascinating to me, having been the partner on the other side of it. So, so oh. caller, would you mind if I bring Joe up? If Joe's comfortable, where's Joe? Joe, do you want to come talk or no? Oh, Joe's the guy who first listened to the show yesterday. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, Joe, come on up. Oh, yeah, let's hear from Joe. I don't know if we can get one of these mics on for Joe here. We got a bunch of mics for our caller. Catch up later. Joe, join us. Welcome, Joe, everybody. Uh, Hi. Hi, Joe. No, so Joe, so you, you were on the other side. You were the partner who had to take a deep breath and said, go find yourself. Yeah, I was. How'd it turn out? Uh, <laughs> so the one difference between me and the caller is we had no contact for the three months that we were apart. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And how it turned out was at the end of those three months, she was already introducing her new dude to our mutual friends. And did you learn about that through your mutual friends? Yeah. So, caller, it does sound like while you had this wonderful fantasy storybook experience (laughs) where love remains Uh true and overcame all the things and you came to realize that while there were parts of your life you needed to eject that your partner wasn't one of them, Joe is living the dark turn of this story. Well, at the same time, too. Like, at the same time, I think, last year that the caller was. So it's, really? Yeah. Whoa. Synchronicity. Yeah. Now, did your, something in the air. did your partner go to Mexico? Do you know? No. Uh, my partner stayed in New York, and I moved to Tokyo. Uh, to, she had, for work, she had to be in New York, and so I was like, okay, I'll give you the space here to figure your stuff out. And I will... Oh, so she said, I need space. And you said, I'll go on an adventure. Let me know. Yeah. And then you were in Tokyo for three months. And the next thing you know, you get a text that's like, "Uh, hey, man. uh." Actually, well, I I was back in New York and I bumped into her at a professional event. And to your knowledge, you were still figuring it out? Yeah. And and like the look on her face. Yeah. Oh, no. So you knew before she said a word how things had gone. I, Were you not calling or emailing or texting or anything? That was, that was her, her rules for it, yeah. 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 Call her anything yeah. you want to say to Joe? You know, I'm sorry. I, uh, <laughs> it, I, can, I, can, I can imagine how that felt. I'm really hoping, though, that it happened. And you, you know, I'm, I'm Buddhist. And so I think that things, and this is cliche, happen for a reason. But yeah. there's something that you needed to learn whatever that was, just like there was something that I needed to learn when I left. Um, And so I think that I learned the things that I needed to. I didn't realize that's what I needed to learn while I was there, but it is what I learned. And so hopefully, you know, there's better, (laughs) better days on the horizon for you, Joe. 
I, I feel like there are. Yeah, but also color. It was, it was. I don't know if healing is the right term, but I, hearing your kind of fairy tale storybook ending, which was you know the ending that I had in mind for the, those those three months, that was kind of like like running yeah. on absolute fumes. Like my my mental health just like shattered. Like was like Aww. trying to like hold out for that storybook ending. And hearing you actually have that, it, it like it hit me in a bunch of different ways. But it was like, I love that for you, and I know now that that you know wasn't not only wasn't what was meant to be for me, but it just it wasn't what always happened. But I'm so glad you had that, and like living a little bit of that vicariously through you. That. I was like, I don't want that for me anymore. I know that what happened was for the best ultimately, but. Uh-huh. Um, you know, could have got there with like a fuckload less of like you know pain and anguish, obviously, but like you know, the, the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like. And Joe, again, how many episodes of Beautiful Anonymous have you heard? One. One. Which one? Can I ask which one? one? Oh, it was the aspiring stand-up um, <laughs> who was like trying to figure out whether Armenians are white. Okay. That one was. Uh, and yeah. now you're here on stage talking about lost love in front of all these people. Yeah, I didn't uh, see wow. that coming. Wow, do you have any idea? Ago. I love it. Now, caller, we're getting some more place. feedback. Joe, just feel free to hang out. Okay. Caller, we've got some um, some other people telling us where their freakout destination would be. Crystal just says simply to the fucking woods. Um, uh, Parade Girl has informed me you should always just plan for two mics again. Parade Girl seems to think she runs this show. I run the show. When um, Amy made me laugh, because Amy just cheerfully, with an exclamation point, put Venice, Italy, and then followed up with, what disgusting city does she live in? Based on how you said that. Do you care to share or no? That's part of your anonymity. That's up to you, caller. Um, you know what? No, it, it's fine, because if anybody listens to this that knows me, they're going to know it's me. Um, so I live in Portland, Oregon. Portland. Someone in the crowd just yelled, I knew it. Yes. Wow. So you're a Buddhist in Portland, Oregon. Um, all right. So Joe, you're crushing it. Caller, you're crushing it. Um, and it's funny to hear you say how much you feel like it does work out for you. Uh, like you're happy it worked out for the caller, Joe, because on some sense, and especially, I don't know much about Buddhism, but caller it sounds like you do. I would say, in some sense, like a happy ending versus sad ending is not really the point of the story. The point of the story was to go on the journey, right? And I have to imagine, Joe, found clarity. Exactly. Yeah. I would have to imagine that you're probably, you know, it doesn't sound like things were handled the best way, and it sounds like you walked back into a real minefield, and like you said so eloquently, I think you said there could be a fuckload less of anguish and pain. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's good to not be in a situation with that person, right? Yeah, and, and I obviously, like, that's just from my perspective. You know, from Hurt's perspective, there's all the things I fucked up in this world. You know, there's, it's definitely not a story of, like, me being, you know, you know oh, poor Joe. And, like, it is that, but it's also not that. You know, it's like, I, I was talking about this yesterday with a friend, because, like, I ended up, actually got diagnosed with PTSD after all this and stuff, and it was, it was a lot. And I, I, I said to a friend, it was like, you kind of live simultaneously three versions of yourself. Joe's you live... cutting out on my end. What's that caller? I said Joe is cutting out. Joe's cutting out on my end. Oh, I you're can't. missing some beautiful stuff. Caller, he was just Joe oh. was just explaining how he has a theory that everybody has three versions of themselves. Well, after after oh. it's kind of a a traumatic or intense break like this, especially one where like in my situation where 
I felt like deeply hurt and wronged, but I also like understood that I had in my own ways hurt and wronged her. And so it's like you live in this version of yourself that's like the ver- the person who had these horrible things done to you, the person who did hurtful things to another, and then the version of yourself that kind of lives in the present day experiencing your your new life that wasn't what you pictured but is is beautiful and strange and magical in its own way and that hopefully over time the three kind of train tracks converge into one cohesive version of yourself this one got philosophical between all now we're going to add another layer to it so so, uh loey has two two first of all okay the tweets are getting interesting loey first of all wants to know does joe have a new partner Yes. Yes, who I believe I also met. What? May, was that the person you were with earlier today? No. No. Okay. No. Got it. Good. Now, hold on a second, because, Caller, if you're okay with this, because this is your time, and we have 15 minutes left, but now we have Joe, who was on the other side of your story, but there's another twist here. Mm-hmm. Loey, if you're comfortable, if you'd like to come up, Loey just said, I had a brief relationship with someone who was the Joe in his relationship while he was waiting. Whoa. Which is like another, because you oh. know what we're running into here, you know what we're running into here, caller, is almost like um, a multiverse, like how Marvel does the multiverse, <laughs> yes. where you yeah, start, Marvel's now exploring dimension. this idea of how all these different things could have turned out and adjusted, like a sliding doors moment. So now, are you a comfortable caller if we had another person who said, so, so while one of your types of stories was unfolding, in, now, caller, you chose to not pursue any love affairs. Now, Loey, welcome. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead, Loey. Let's give you this one if we can figure out. There you go. So you were in a situation like this where someone was on their soul-searching adventure, found the love affair, and you were the person that they found. How did that go? So it's very brief. I used to live in Boston, and I was moving. I was about to move to New York from yeah. Boston. And he was like, my girlfriend... Has, is on her soul-searching adventure. And so I'm just waiting. And so we spent, like, the last four weeks that I had in Boston, just like I saw him every day. Wow. And, like, at some point in the beginning, he, you know, we flirted. And then he was like, I'd invite you over, but, like, you know, I can't. It's our apartment that we share. There's yeah. pictures of her everywhere. Wow. Yeah. So... That sounds like uh, very uncomfortable in so many ways. <laughs> it was like just, I was about, I was in a transition time and then he was in a transition time. And then I moved to New York and I was like, I wonder what's going to happen with this. And then he texted me on my birthday and I was like, that's weird. Does that mean that you have two have broken up? And it did, sadly. Okay, they had broken yeah. up after their soul searching. After their did you come searching. to find if you were any part of the conversation with the breakup? Was there fear of that? There was no fear of that, but we just, like, talked about it. Yeah. I felt like I was sort of accompanying. And was there any discussion of getting back together with this person after that breakup, or was it too tangled up in that whole mess? He was hoping for it, I think. He was? And you were like, no, I moved to New York. I'm moving on with my life. It was just, like, a time we had. I had no expectations that we were going to get together. Now we shared a season with each other. We shared a season. Joe, you goddamn philosopher. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, <laughs> we shared the season. No, this, now, people are in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Now, caller, how is it for yes, you to indeed. hear all these other potential realities that could have been yours that you wound up with the absolute 
pitch perfect fairy tale version of it that everyone else envies. You know what? It makes me extremely grateful, extremely grateful and very humble. Look at that. This is, a I, yeah, I just, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I couldn't have dreamed it this way and I am happier than, than I've ever been, you know, in my life. So, um, yeah, I, I knew it was the right thing when we- that's the outcome. Kimberly Scott says, Joe's partner didn't change her life. She stayed where she was. Joe made the space. Joe suffered. Joe will ultimately win. I like hearing that. (laughs) (laughs) Crystal says, I call what Joe's talking about experiencing strife three ways, part of my personal time travel. I love your perspective. Jojo, I tell you, man, you've listened to one episode that was a real outlier in so many ways. People saying, can Joe sit in on all future calls? <laughs> Parade girl saying Loey and Joey should have a talk show. It, it turns Whoa. out because the question becomes called. I mean, it feels to me ultimately like if you hadn't taken this risk, you would have spontaneously combusted. And it sounds like you know you even invited your partner along for the journey and said, "If you don't want to be a part of it, I still gotta go." And it sounds like a very nice and mm-hmm. lucky thing that you realized. Oh, there were so many things that were driving me crazy. He wasn't ultimately one of them. And I also have to imagine too, mm-hmm. maybe there were some things that were fixed about the relationship that stopped driving you as crazy. I'm sure he also had things that he came to be grateful for and missed and realized what he had, right? For sure. Would you say you both treat each other slightly differently now? Yes. Not to, I, yeah. I, I don't even know if I would say slightly. I, I mean, it's not a dramatic difference. I mean, we've always been very respectful and loving of each other. Um, I just think that there's an even deeper level there than there has been before. You know, I mean, when you, this is my only long-term relationship in my whole life. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've had tons of short-term relationships. Um, but when you're in a long-term relationship, you know, it, it grows and changes over time. And, you know, if you're lucky, then it deepens and, and gets more intimate and, um, you know, just, just closer. And, um, so that's where I, I feel like we're at versus, oh, I've been in this relationship for so long and everything is stale and boring and it just stays the same. So yeah, it's, it's, I'd say it's different for sure. And Joey and Loey, I want to hear where your heads are at on stage as, as the Joey and Loey show, which is the sub show <laughs> of this episode of Beautiful Anonymous. <laughs> I, I do have a question for the caller, actually. Yeah, Joe, blow our fucking minds, baby. <laughs> you blow, you're about to blow our minds. You're like Rene Descartes wandering onto stage here at the Bell House. <laughs> philosopher Michel Foucault. Is that a philosopher? I don't even know. These are just vaguely French names I know. Modern? I remember from college. Okay, Joe, your question. <laughs> I don't know philosophy. Um, no, caller, I was, I was wondering, so it, it sounds like you... <laughs> demanded or asked or requested the, the freedom, the possibility to see other people and didn't end up using it. And he had that mm-hmm. also didn't end up using it. I'm wondering what role did having that freedom play for you, even if you ultimately didn't end up using it? Like, would it have been God damn, the same Joe. experience if you had both agreed ahead of time? Like, would you have, would you have been able to go on the same journey? Or was it that sense of like, Tr- the freedom and trust and, and true... Now we're getting into the depth. A, ...a you instead of a we that, that made it possible. Unacted upon freedom and the implications of this journey, caller. 
Wow, yeah, Joe. Yeah, I think that, I know, right? He is just, he's a mind blower. Yeah, uh, I think Joe's a mind blower so. for sure. I think we would all agree with that. This man's nickname in this community is the mind blower. Everyone, please, the for the rest blower. of this day, say good job during that call, mind blower. You really blew some minds. Caller, what a great question. Do you feel like having that freedom gave you the same? Because a lot of people would say, you get the freedom and you want to experiment. Well, then you go and you use the freedom, but you didn't. And it is a really interesting twist. Do you feel like having that freedom was part of these five months and what you figured out about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Damn, absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, I mean, initially I thought, oh, sure, I'll go out and I'll find somebody and have some fun. Um, but when it really came down to it, that wasn't what I, that wasn't what I wanted to do. You know, I was there to, to, um, be my, be, find out who I am, who am I? And I'm not somebody who's sleeping with anybody right now. You know, I've got bigger, bigger things to figure out within myself than to add that layer of complication to things potentially. What got in the way of you knowing who you are or who you were before you went? Oh. Well, I think a lot of it was, um, you know, just the, like I started the show with the experiences that I had had and, you know, going through COVID and I just, I, I felt like I didn't know who I was anymore. Um, you know, my mom dying in late 2020 was, was huge um, for me. And I, I, I was still grieving you know, when I went to Mexico and that I, I, she was there with me, um, which I am positive of. Um, and you know, while I didn't spend a lot of time sitting around crying, I did a lot of time being quiet and going within myself and really just trying to, um, my main goal while I was there was to remove all the noise. So, um, and that's what I did. It took a while, you know, when I was first there, it was like, oh yeah, these first couple of weeks, it's great. It's a vacation. And then it kind of seemed like, oh, well, I'm not doing anything, but I don't have to do anything. That's why I moved here is to not do anything to just be right. Um, but then I felt guilty because, you know, what, what, beaten into us from the time that we're young is you need to pull your own weight and you, you know, and I was doing those things. I wasn't living off the Mexican government. I was paying my way. Um, but just the fact that I would sit and journal or sit and listen to music for hours at a time, instead of, you know, getting out and doing something productive or, you know, anything like that. So that was a hard pill to swallow. It was actually, you know, turning off all that noise and not feeling guilty about it. And then once I got past the guilt, I was able to really understand what it was that I needed, what, what, what brought me there in the first place. I am struck, too, that you said Portland was, some, was a city that you feel like was starting to um, give you shaky foundations. And then you describe how you just wanted to take the freedom to go and sit and journal for hours at a time, which is a very cliche Portland thing to want to do. <laughs> so it seems like you needed to find <laughs> what find what Portland had used to give you and now no longer was giving you. Right. Well, I don't, I didn't journal much when I was in Portland, at least not consistently. So um, that was something that was different. And I haven't done it much since I've been back either. So a lot of that was, was like my self therapy, you know, really getting my feelings out about whatever it was that was on my mind at that time. Wow. 
You know, it does remind me, you know, you hearing, hearing that you needed to let go of your city, you need to let go of your relationship, you needed to walk away from all responsibility, and then ultimately you got down there and realized that a lot of this was about healing from the loss of a parent. I feel like sometimes just removing all the noise and the static allows you to see what the real priority is and, and what the real primary healing is. And it does remind me of a pivotal scene in a movie I recently saw, which is Jodie Foster's Contact, uh, which I saw two nights ago, mm-hmm. where when she does... You know, you start to realize that her quest for the truth and that might come from the cosmos is, uh, cosmos is spoiler, oh, again, if you haven't seen it in the past 26 years, um, ultimately she's trying to resolve the death of her father. It does sound like it does have some uh-huh. thematic crossover right there. So I figured I'd bring that up. Yeah. Joe, you got anything? Yeah, for sure. So why didn't you watch Contact all these years? I just missed it, man. I just missed the boat on Contact. Anyway, it's not about that. It's not about that. Turns out, great flick, really great flick. Um, caller, I love hearing about this. I love hearing... Thank you. Now, here's the big... So, would you recommend it for others? Would you recommend acting on it, even having heard other people's stories where it got way more tangled up and messy than it ultimately did for you? You know, I I feel like if... if I mean, if, if you're in a place where you are seriously considering it, then there, you, then you need to take that time. And, um, I mean, it, I guess it sounds, you know, like, oh yeah, I had this fairy tale, so it worked out for me, but I didn't go there expecting things to go like this. You know, I went there fully expecting that I would never come back here, Wow. you know, that I would just live down there and never come back. So, um, you know, the, the fairy tale that I have, like I said, I'm grateful and I'm so happy that things worked out the way they did, but I, that wasn't my intent. And I feel like if you don't go on something like this with full commitment and the full potential that this might be it, you might wind up in Argentina Mm -hmm. or Mexico or wherever, forever, Red Bank, New Jersey, who knows if you don't go with the full (laughs) commitment that it could happen you're probably not going to get that change you're looking for. And that's a really scary exactly. type rope to walk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, Joe's, Joe's ex who stayed where, where they lived, you know, that's, she's, she's still there. She's in the same environment. She's working. She's seeing the same friends, you know, um, going to the same places where with, with me, it was like, okay, this is, I'm not going to come back. This is where I'm going to live for at least a year, um, but maybe forever, you know. So yeah, I think that having that mindset too was was optimal for that kind of inner, you know, inner work that you're that I was doing. I am so, Chris. I, I don't know how much time oh, we, have we have left, but I do want to let you know I've talked to you once. Okay, I've talked to you once before. Wow, really? Uh huh. Yes, I have. I am number two, thirty-nine-year-old grandma. What? Wait. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. You're 39-year-old grandma? No, the two, other 30... I, oh, my me. God. They, we've been doing this show for so long. We have two 39-year-old grandmas. Hello, other 39-year-old grandma. I thought you meant you were the person who's been here hanging out all weekend. No, no. I am the I, I was am like, the we just two. talked out in the yeah. lobby, but okay, no. Yeah. Joe was like, I just met you and don't know any of the references. Well, it's so good to talk to you again. Wow, what a second chapter. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah, the first 39-year-old grandma first wants call. to ask you a question. Yes, come on up, okay. 39-year-old grandma. This one might go a little bit longer. So now we have Joey, we have Lowy, we have 
a second 39-year-old grandma on the phone and first 39-year-old grandma returning to the stage. Hello, great to see you. Um, yeah, grab that, Mike. We should be able to figure it out. 35 seconds. Okay, yeah. Did you hear that? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. I did. Um, you know, I, I do think so. I think it would have had the same outcome because, I mean, yes, I got sick and I realized that I needed to have my people around me. But the bottom line was I wasn't going to come back here unless there was something bringing me here. And it was my partner that was bringing me here. So wow. he was here. Therefore, I needed to be here. And caller, we just hit zero seconds. And now I have to thank... I have to thank Joe. I have to thank Lo. I have to thank first 39-year-old grandma. I have to thank second 39-year-old grandma. I have to thank everybody on Twitter, everybody at the Bell House. This one got weird, but it works out well. Thank you so much, caller. Thank you. Wow. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, caller. Caller, thank you. Random audience member who got on stage, thank you. Everyone who showed up, thank you. Everyone who helped with that convention, thank all of you. This show is produced by Anita Flores. It's engineered by Jared O'Connell. Our theme song is by Shellshag. Go to chrisgeff.com if you want to know more about me. Or if you're listening, you can subscribe, favorite, follow. There's a button that says something like that. It helps us so much when you hit that button. You can find our latest merch at podswag.com. Mugs, shirts, posters, all that stuff. And hey, if you like this podcast, the best thing you can do, share it with a friend. Send them an episode you like. Let them know about it. Word of mouth goes such a long way. Thanks so much, everybody. 